your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Two wideouts to the left. Mills in the backfield with Martinez. Adrian gets the snap, gives it off to Mills. Mills picked away. He's to the 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Tight rope to the sideline, steps out of bounds inside the 30-yard line. Jadrick Mills has been a man today here in Lincoln. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Quick, Ben McLaughlin, where did George Springer play his college baseball? University of Connecticut. Woohoo! The Huskies. <laughs> I knew that because we played the Huskies in that regional in Oklahoma City a couple years ago, and they were prominently displaying George Springer as one of their prominent alums, and they should. Heck of a player. Houston about to go up 2 0 in that series. They're good when they want to be. And they're not cheating anymore, I guess, so they're on their way. We're glad. <laughs> or they right? found a new way. <laughs> they took all the trash cans out of there, though. <laughs> we're, uh, we're glad you're with us here on a Tuesday night of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Uh, big show coming up. Huskers had a practice report today. We heard from a couple of the defensive assistant coaches, Tony Tuioti and Barrett Rue. We'll hear their comments coming up in just a few minutes. We will also hear from... Colin Miller, who was made available today. Ben had a chance to catch up with the senior inside linebacker for the Cornhuskers. We'll hear that conversation at the top of hour number two. We'll go beyond the headlines. We'll have our top ten Tuesday. We um, we came up with this last night. This is this will be, I think, interesting. We're going to go with top ten sports whiners. Guys, gals who are kind of whiny when they play their particular sports. That'll be fun. We'll have some fun with that one, I'm sure. Austin may just put the entire North Carolina campus <laughs> on his list of top 10 teams. So we'll have some fun with that coming up later on tonight. But, Ben, I think the biggest news that came out of the practice report was that Luke Reimer is now on scholarship. The former North Star Gator who walked on at Nebraska uh, was the talk of camp a year ago as a true freshman. Played some, got hurt. Uh, but when he was out there, he made some impact and apparently doing some great things again in this camp. Yeah, that's it's fantastic for Luke. And, you know, you talk to all of his teammates, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, and they all say the same thing. You know, there there was just glowing things to say about about Luke and his coaches, you know, have a lot of praise for him as well. It's impressive the how fast, you know, he's been able to grasp things at this level and come in and have an impact. You know, we, we talk a lot about how – walk-ons you know can can find their way on rosters and you know do some things that uh you know some walk-ons can't do and that's you know rise to um the expectation the level of play that's required at 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 the division one level and unfortunately a good percentage of them never reach that pinnacle um but to to come in as as fast as he has and and not just um get there you know not even a year in but to uh earn a scholarship be one of the names in the mix at a prominent position i think it speaks to a lot of characteristics that luke has not not just you know for for an inside linebacker but as a football player and i have a lot of admiration for the fearlessness the competitiveness the athleticism 
the heart, the motor, all those things that are required, football IQ, um, you know, the ability to work hard, all those things that are required to to put yourself in that position and not get a big head. So I think um, I think for for me that the most impressive thing is is what I said the the characteristics of of him to be able to get in that position. Um, it's just amazing. Sounds like there might be a black shirt in the near future for Luke Grimer. That that is a pretty cool thing for a kid that. 12, 13, 14 months ago was a walk-on trying to make an impression in camp, and he certainly has, and certainly is going to add some depth at an inside, inside linebacker position. I know, again, we'll talk to Colin Miller, one of his other mates in, in that inside part, coming up in hour number two. The other bit of news that came out today was Phil Darius Payne, the junior college transfer into the program, came in as a defensive lineman, but Nebraska has moved him to outside linebacker. Some of this could be because of Javen Wright, who is, has un, underwent surgery today, according to his social media account, that he had surgery today. That's going to keep him on the shelf for a while. He got hurt last week in practice. Nebraska had moved him from the de- defensive back room to an outside linebacker spot. And when you see Javen, I can see why. He's about 6'4", long. I think he could really be pretty good. You add, add some bulk to that frame, and I think there's certainly – the ability to do that, it, it made a lot of sense to move him to outside linebacker. He's unfor- unfortunately now been hurt, but now Payne being moved from a defensive line spot to an outside linebacker, that was a guy that I know a lot of the recruiting experts thought, well, we're not quite sure where he fits, like him. Could he be this or that? Well, I think Nebraska's trying to figure that out with Payne as well. That that came out of the uh, conversations today. And again, we'll get into more practice report coming up a little bit later on. Austin had this in the ticker as well. Nebraska has now contracted in hoops with Elevate Hoops. Is a That's a, a firm that puts on events. They specialize in putting together sporting events, and in particular basketball. We mentioned a week or so ago when news leaked out that Nebraska was trying to put together an on-campus tournament, that that's a big undertaking, particularly when they're, they're talking about maybe getting up to as many as 16 teams that they would need to get an outside entity to, over, to take this thing over, and they have. So Elevate Hoops has now gotten into this, and John Rostein from CBS Sports, who had the story a week or so ago, tweeted out an update earlier today about it, and... The, the field is not set. They're making their way. They've got about six or seven teams locked in, according to John Rothstein's quote. Uh, Nebraska, LSU out of the SEC, Northern Iowa, Nevada, Illinois State, and Cleveland State. Cleveland State was on the original Nebraska schedule. They were going to be the opening opponent for the Cornhuskers uh, when the schedule came out five, six months ago. Uh, but they're going to try to keep them and put them in part of this tournament. They're trying to add more teams and could get up to as many as 16 in this tournament. But I like the fact you see an LSU in there. That would be a nice little home matchup for Fred Hoiberg's guys. Yeah, obviously LSU is a team that's built a lot of cachet uh, around the world of college basketball in the last five years, um, you know, with Ben Simmons and uh, some of the recruiting classes they put together at a very, very good team last year. Um, that, yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a great get. That's a, that's a, that's a good lure. Um, you know, even even some of those other teams that you mentioned, you know, Northern Iowa, uh, another very competitive mid-major team, and Nevada is a team that mm-hmm. made a, a run in the NCAA tournament recently too. So um, it'll be interesting to find out who these other teams are that that d- decide to come to Lincoln for this. But yeah, it's great to have you know the um, 
the pieces put into place, the the organization that's going to be running it, and you know, kind of out of Nebraska's hands now, at least at least in terms of worrying about it and organizing it and um, structuring playing times and matchups and all that stuff. It, it's it's good that it's kind of out of their hands, which we anticipated that it would be, but. Now it's just kind of waiting and finding out who's going to be uh, who's going to be a part of this deal. You know, it's interesting. Um, I think they'll probably a TV. They're trying to probably get a TV partner involved in this. I would think when Nebraska were to play, that BTN would want to swoop in and, and get some Nebraska games. Nevada, interesting little nugget, is now coached by Steve Alford, the former UCLA head coach, was at Iowa for a while. Played for Bob Knight at Indiana. He's bounced around a little bit. He took over Nevada when Eric Musselman left to go to Arkansas a couple years ago. So that's certainly a big-name coach. And you're right, they were really good a year ago with Alford at the helm. He inherited a pretty good situation after after Musselman had made them into a pretty good uh, pretty good program. So it's a good start to this thing. Um, I saw later in the day that the Big Ten may not have their schedule ready to go until early November. So we still may be a few weeks before we get the full Husker basketball schedule. My guess is they're going to need to get this tournament, whatever it is, if it's eight, if it's 16 teams, they're going to need to get that kind of locked in in the next week to 10 days. I mean, the clock is ticking. If you're going to be bringing these people on the 25th of November here, we're, you know, what today's the 6th of October already. Practice begins in like eight days. I would think that tournament's going to need to be buttoned up, and I'm sure the phone lines, the emails are buzzing back and forth, people trying to get this thing all locked in. But pretty exciting. I mean, this, this is really cool. It's been years since Nebraska has had a, a, a tournament like this. It used to have the Emeritus Classic that was right around Thanksgiving where they would bring in three other teams along with the Huskers and play at the Devaney Center. But that's been quite a while since Nebraska's done that. This will be really fun if they can get this all pulled off and put together. Time for us to jump back into another practice report. Every practice. We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. And all of our practice reports all season long brought to you by our good friends at JTEC Construction. Football is back, and soon the cold weather will be too. If your windows aren't ready for winter, call JTEC Construction, the official exterior experts of the Huskers, for a free estimate. As we uh, discussed already, defense day today for our practice report, which means uh, some assistants speaking today. Barrett Rude, Nebraska inside linebackers coach, and Tony Tioti, Nebraska defensive line coach, starting first with the uh, inside backers with Coach Rude, and I discussed it already, but Luke Reimer earning a scholarship uh, for the Big Red today, and the Lincoln North Star product added to that coveted list. Coach Rude spoke to that today. Uh, I believe it's already happened. I don't know if I want to speak out of turn or the head coach to say that, but yeah, I'm sure that's already happened. Uh, um, He was a guy that, you know, um, after going through his first uh, couple shuffle drills as a true freshman walk-on, I figured that wasn't going to take very long. Um, and he's, uh, he's been, uh, nothing but great to be around and he's, and he's improved every single day he's been here. I think, you know, you go up and down the list of defensive coaches, Greg, Luke Grimer has built a pretty good, pretty good reputation for himself among the coaches. 
And and his teammates, too. I remember last year after they'd had a scrimmage or two in August, and a couple of the guys were like, who's 28? That guy keeps making play after play after play. And you looked it up, and it was Luke Reimer. And, man, I – Nebraskans love this kind of story. A guy that's an underdog, that's overlooked, comes in and then just out-competes a bunch of guys. I I think it's great. I think he's going to have a fun, fun year to watch. I think he's going to be good. There's a couple of local-flavored products in the mix there, Reimer being one, uh, Nick Henrich being the other from Omaha Burke, and he was dealing with some injuries last year. Uh, Coach Rude addressed these two uh, together and what they mean to his room. I got a lot of confidence in those two guys. Um, you know, Nick was a little bit banged up uh, the off season, but now he's uh, he's feeling a lot better. Um, and, and Luke's been uh, Luke's been very good since the day he got here as well. So I uh, got a lot of confidence in both of those guys as well. Um, the older guys doing a great job, but I, I feel really good about my uh, about my room as a whole. So your some of the other names, as you mentioned, the older names, obviously Colin Miller, who which we'll hear from later tonight in the show, Will Honus uh, back as well. So there's a, a good nucleus of young and old there. Uh, Coach Rude spoke to the depth that he has at that spot. As far as rotation, you, you want as many able bodies as possible. Um, you know, with big uh, Big Ten play in general, let alone a Big Ten only conference season. Um, and with the way our offense plays and the speed they play at, um, typically on defense, we're, we're getting between 80 and 90 plays, um, where if you look at like a normal NFL game, that's more like 60, 65 plays. So ideally, you don't want to just have to play two guys. You want to be able to play three to four, maybe even five guys um, to keep guys fresh, uh, keep guys injuries free. Um, and uh, I, I think that really contributes uh, to success over the long haul during a Big Ten season. One thing that I think it's important to bring up, and we, and we, I think we talk about this every year, is just because a coach likes a player doesn't mean a coach trusts a player, and they're not going to be out there if they don't trust them. So they've got to, you know, they can do do some good things, but they've got to be able to to put them out there and trust that they're going to be in the right spot and do their job. That's exactly right. And what we've seen from Coach Rude Ben the last two years is he he he's kind of jumped into a three man rotation where he'll take one guy in, take somebody out, that guy will come back in for the other guy that hasn't been out yet, and he'll rotate those through. And the inside linebacker position, as we all know, is different from week to week. If you're playing a spread offense, you probably don't have two of them out there at once. You probably have one. But then you line up to play the Wisconsin's, the Iowa's, uh, in the past the Michigan State's who just want to line up and try to pound it at you, then those guys – they're out there every snap and that's where you really need the depth to keep fresh bodies out there so that that position changes from week to week in the big 10 it makes what i think why the big 10 so intriguing to follow every week because it's the, uh, the, the the variation of styles you see from the offenses the two names that are going to be most heavily relied upon are colin miller and will honus they have by far the most snaps under their belt they're going to be the ones that everybody turns to um, obviously no Mo Berry this year, and then we all know what he meant to the team uh, on and off the field a year ago and the, kind of turning the reins over to, to these younger players. And you know, Colin's a guy that's definitely finding his voice a little bit more, uh, and, and Will Honus is, is having to learn how to find his voice. It's not really his personality to go, um, you know, talk, be that vocal leader, but you have to be at, at that spot, you know, get everybody in the right spot, and I think he's kind of growing into that. Barrett Root spoke to those two older players and 
um, you know, what they contribute to the inside linebacker room. Yeah, it, it's been really good. I think, you know, the fact that they've um, both got had three years in the system now, um, you know, Will's a uh, uh, full year and, you know, year and a half removed from that ACL injury. Um, Colin has had, like you said, uh, a full, pretty much a full three years now, um, learning inside linebacker as opposed to outside linebacker. Um, so their comfort level's um, very high at that spot, um, and uh, as well as me. You know, I, they, they know what uh, I expect of them now, and, uh, you know, they, they attack each day pretty well. It's always fascinating to me seeing the reins kind of turn over when you have a guy that was just a staple of – of a group, right? When you think of Mo Berry, I mean, he played and led the team in tackles two years in a row and was, you know, just kind of thrust out there. I think to anybody that, you know, has has watched Husker games or went and watched, rewatched games or even film on games knows that there, Mo Berry was limited athletically of what he could do. You know, there, there were things that, um, that he just, he couldn't quite do and, and, and limited and limited in some capacity. So, you like the fact that maybe some of these players um, can do more things athletically, but it's it's always a, a you know catch twenty two with losing that leadership, losing that guy that when things aren't going right and you're in the defensive huddle, he's the one that makes everyone feel confident and comfortable. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say Mo Berry for the last couple of years has been a bit of the heartbeat of that defense. And you're right, not the most talented guy out of the field the last few years, but he brought the juice. He brought the passion. He brought the fire in there, and he got people stoked up to play. I think he got about as much out of his ability as you can get, mm -hmm. and you really appreciate that about him. But I think in Henrich and Reimer, you might have guys that maybe can cover a little more side to side than Mo could at certain times. Now, can they bring the passion and the fire? Can any of these guys? I think Colin Miller can. I think he's got it in him. He, he's a fire, fiery guy on that football field. But that, that's the one thing that, that Bear Root's going to have to try to replace is that fire that, and passion that Mo brought to the, the field every game. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a player on the team that it meant more to last year than number seven with the C on the chest. That's, that, that is hard to replace, and, and some of these guys are going to be given the task to do that. Okay, let's move up a level to the defensive line and D-line coach Tony Tuyoti meeting with the media today, and he spoke a little bit on his depth of what he has up front with the departures of the Davis Twins and Darian Daniels. Yeah, I think right now, you know, with uh, – with the young guys stepping in to play for us, Ty Robinson, uh, Casey Rogers, those two guys, I think, just within the last couple of months have, have made great strides for us. Uh, feeling a lot more confident about them being able to come in and play for us. And just with them two adding to our depth, I feel good about having about six, seven guys ready to play. Uh, Jordan Riley's coming along, Keem Green's coming along. Obviously, um, DT, Snacks, and Stilly, those guys played a lot for us last year. So uh, being able to have Casey Rogers, Jordan Riley, Keem Green, and Ty Robinson uh, help seal up the, uh, the load there for us, I think we feel good about having six or seven guys ready to play for us. It's amazing, Greg, some of the names that you, you, you forget that, that add to the numbers of the defensive line. And, you know, I think it starts with, with Ben Stilley. I think that's kind of where it starts. And, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, he, he listed six, seven names out there that are going to be competing for snaps. And, um, I mean, 
I love it too how every couple of years there's a name that that you haven't heard for multiple years of their career and all of a sudden they pop up and you're like okay uh, the, 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 we might have something here and I think Casey Rogers may be that guy he's starting to you know the, he just talked about a pretty good light today sure was and he is a bit of a forgotten guy but the few opportunities he got a year ago he was doing things. You noticed him when he was out there. And, Ben, wasn't it Ty Robinson that had the unbelievable weight room video we yeah. saw four or five months ago that you're like, holy smokes, look at that guy. That, that position, we talked about the inside linebacker position. You really want to have three. The defensive line, you want to have at least six. Well, it sounds like Coach Tiotti feels like he's above that barrier. He mentioned, like you said, I think he mentioned seven or eight there. He said six or seven. But I think he's closer to eight that he feels like can, can hold up there, that's a really good sign here a couple of weeks out from the opener. Well, and obviously you lose the athletic freaks of the Davis. Mm-hmm. Those, those, those guys did, did stuff athletically that men their size shouldn't ever do. But I think they're, they're, there are some big bodies up, up there that, that I think, you know at least in terms of size, when they line up against Wisconsin and Iowa, you're not holding your breath going, this is just not going to be good. You know, just but just by the way that they look, these guys look bigger than our guys. I don't know that you have that anymore. Obviously, mm-hmm. Snacks, you know, Dar- Damian Daniels, that's who, he's, that's, who he's, that's who's labeled as Snacks, and you look take one look at him, you know why. And, and Jordan Riley's no small guy either, and I think this might, this might be in terms of intrigue, wild card factor of guys that could get snaps. I think – Ty Robinson brings a certain level of hype. We've seen DeAndre Thomas. We've seen Damian Daniels. We've seen Ben Stilley. Kind of the big unknown here is Jordan Riley, and I'm getting the sense that this guy can play a little bit. Absolutely, and he did play pretty well at North Carolina as a true freshman and then had some great issues and some things that chased him to the junior college level, and then Nebraska got him on the second at bat to come here. Yeah, he got mentioned by a handful of guys in the last week or so as an impact player for this team, and you're absolutely right. I mean, all of a sudden, Nebraska physically can walk toe-to-toe with a lot of these teams in the league. Jordan Riley's, what, 6'7", Ty Robinson, 6'6". I mean, these are big human beings. And the Davis Twins weren't. The Davis Mm -hmm. Twins, as you mentioned, freak athletes, but they were 6'2", 6'3". These guys are three or four inches bigger. That's going to make it harder on quarterbacks with fine passing lanes. It disrupts an awful lot of different things. I'm really encouraged. I know that was a a position of a lot of concern after last season because of Darian Daniels and the Twins, but I feel pretty good about that spot as we get ready to go on this season. What about the importance of of these young guys and and you know the the practices being able to to, to bang on bodies with pads? Coach Tiotti talked about that today. Yeah, it's really important, especially when we put them in live situations. Today we had uh, live tackling, so it's a little bit different when you're taking on blocks and then you're using a block release move and then you're fitting up on a on a running back as opposed to now you got to tackle a, a moving target. So. Um, we can't get enough of those live situations. Coach Frost is doing a great job putting in those controlled tackling situations for us, but we can't have enough of those. Um, but for the young guys, uh, they're coming along. Ty Robinson, um, I'm, I really like how Casey's been able to grow and develop for us. Um, they're going to take a lot of reps for us, and they're going to help us out a lot this year. So looking forward to that. But the more we can be in pads, uh, the more we can be able to strike against the offensive linemen and try to throw them and get in position to make a tackle on the on the running backs, uh, the better for us. There he is. He drops Casey Rogers' name again, Ben. And Casey Rogers isn't a little guy. He's 6'4", 300. So he's, he's even a, a little bit taller 
than the Davis Twins. So that's encouraging. And again, a second cut from Tuioti that mentions Casey Rogers. That's a good sign. So other than DeAndre Thomas and uh, Ben Stilley and Damian Daniels, uh, there, there hasn't been a lot of guys that have gotten tons of snaps. And even, even you know, to a certain extent, some of these players, DeAndre and, and Damian, have been role players to this point. They got to be ready right out of the shoot because they're going up to play the Buckeyes and then they're going to play Wisconsin. They have to be ready right away. Coach Tuioti talked about their preparation being ready for those teams right out of the gate. Um, the only thing we can do is control how we play up front, playing with great fundamental and technique. And the thing I love about these young guys is that they don't know any better. All they know is just to be scrappy and play hard. And so we know that the challenge is out there. That's why these young men come here to the University of Nebraska, because they know they're going to be playing against some of the best offensive linemen in the country. And there's no better way to just step up to the challenge each and every week. For us, whether it's going to be Ohio State or Penn State or Wisconsin, okay, Illinois, it doesn't matter. We just got to continue to play the right way, play our brand of football, be physical and stout up front. And our young guys are going to have to learn on the fly. You know, it's just like you just got to dump, uh, drop them at the deep end of the pool and they got to swim. And these young guys are eager. They're prepared. They're fighting every day to try to get themselves ready uh, to show up when it's game time. Coach Tuioti um, did talk a little bit about going up against Nebraska's offensive line. We won't play that cut for you today. We won't we won't get there. But I think it's important to note that. The offensive line being a strength of this football team is going to help these kids develop for what they're going to see against Ohio State and Wisconsin. It's not like you know they're going up against guys like them that haven't done it before. They're going up against maybe one of the most experienced groups on the offensive line that this conference has to offer. So when you're seeing the athleticism of Cam Jurgens, you're seeing the experience of the Farniox and the Hymases and um, the, the brute size and strength of Bryce Benhart, you're going to be prepared. They're, they don't get any bigger than, than what Nebraska has up front. Isn't it amazing how much bigger both Nebraska fronts Ben are now than they were a couple years ago? Both, both offense and defensive lines, and we were talking about the Davis twins, but you think back, and I love Gerald Foster, I love Tanner Farmer, but those guys, they were, they were thick, but they, there wasn't much height to them. And that, that Nebraska's just noticeably taller across both lines than they were a couple years ago. 100% they are. Uh, well, you know, I know whenever we talk about the defensive line and even just when we talk about the defense period, we, uh, I think the reigning gold medalist for eight years in a row for taking phone calls on the defense uh, for number one call is stopping the run. And why can't they do it? They need to do it better. What's it looking like? Well, let's uh, let's get into that right now with Coach Tuioti on, on being able to stop the run with what he's got to work with. First of all, to stop the run, it takes 11 guys to be able to stop the run. Everybody's got to know where they fit within the scheme of the defense. But for us up front, it starts with controlling line of scrimmage. We got to be able to get knock them backs. We got to be able to press the blockers. We got to be able to get off blocks to put ourselves in position to make a tackle. So those are the things that we're trying to emphasize, being tough and physical at the line of scrimmage. I think we have the guys this year that have the length, that have the size to be able to help us out with that. Um, you know, I feel good about having Jordan Riley, who's a big body for us at 6'6", 340. Ty Robinson, a big body at 6'6", 6'5", 325. Kim Green at 315. So we got some big bodies that should be able to help us with that up front. But it's being able to do that consistently, not just one snap. And so that's what we're really trying to emphasize, being tough and physical up front. Yeah, and that's one thing that the size helps with. I mean, we, we know that 
you know, Darian Daniels was good at it, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. taking up blockers with his size, it, you know, that that was one of his strengths. But when you add length, right, you're occupying blockers, you got that long week span, maybe you can grab that that running back on his way by and more stops at the line of scrimmage other than just occupying blockers and let your linebackers come up to make make the tackle. Maybe, you know, with your size at 6'7", 6'6", 6'4", you're able to get those big paws out there and maybe not tackle them but get a hand on them and slow them down a little bit before they get to the second level. This defense needs more TFLs. More TFLs, tackle for losses, and turnovers. They have not been able to do much in those two categories the last couple of years. And it starts with a push up front. And I, and I like where this is going with this defensive front. I really do. I really like what they brought into this program the last couple of years on both sides of that. We'll finish up today talking a little bit about Ty Robinson, a name that's been brought up already a couple times on this practice report. Uh, been a little conversation of, of where he will be lining up, whether that be over the nose or you know on the outsides of, of the defensive line. Coach Tuyote talked about uh, Ty Robinson and where he'll be lining up. Right now I got him playing uh, defensive end and nose guard. Um, for us, so he's going to be a combination player for us, similar to what we did with Carlos uh, Carlos Davis last year, being able to play end and nose. He's got the body type and the athleticism to be able to do that. So um, he's not the only one that I'm that I'm trying to cross train. I think we're trying to do that with uh, most of our guys. They're athletic enough and big enough to be able to play in for us and also be able to play nose for us. So right now for me, it's just trying to find the right combination of guys that can play together. But Ty specifically is a guy that's going to be able to play uh, end and nose for us. There you go. So bouncing a little bit back and forth and, you know, Color me intrigued. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how these guys stack up, and we're gonna know. We're gonna know through the first two games whether Nebraska's two and zero, one and one, zero and two. You know what what the situation up front. Now they're gonna progress and get better as the year goes on. But with with uh, with the, with the limited slate that we have, there's not a lot of time to get better, and we're gonna know pretty pretty soon what this group's made of. No doubt. Mentioned TFLs after the last cut. Nebraska last year as a team had 73 tackle for losses. Their opponents, 86. So that's one per game on average fewer than your opponent is getting. One less negative play that you're making. I think this defense has a chance to really improve in that category. Ben, you had a chance to catch up with one of the seniors on this Husker defense earlier today. Yeah, feels great to be able to, to talk with the players again, and this one I think is going to be very important and, and instrumental in Nebraska's defense this year. Colin Miller uh, was able to give us a few minutes following uh, practice today, and uh, boy, about seven months without pads, Colin. When I imagine it felt pretty good to strap those baby on and get going again. Seven months without pads, you start itching to get those pads back on again, but definitely some sores and some cranks in here and there, um, but it's part of the game, and this is what I miss. So I, I know the offense was ready to come out, the defense was ready to come out, and it was good just to have the pads and just have a couple drills where, you, you know, you can just run in there and just hit somebody and then, you know, just feel good again. Colin, how does it feel to have this back? I know that we, we talk all the time during camp about – you know, it's great for like the first week, then the dog days at camp are here, and it just seems like forever since you're about to play a game. But knowing that you're playing a game, I guess there's still a decent amount of time, about a little over two weeks before you get to play a game. But what's what's the feeling of just rejuvenation that you get to play football knowing everything that you went through the last few months? Yeah, it was, it was definitely um, a crazy, crazy 
time we were going through. You know, we, we, we couldn't work out together. We couldn't be in the facility all together. We couldn't have meetings together. Um, guys are in different states, you know, Florida, Indiana, Nebraska, all over the place. And then finally just to get that okay and the approval that everyone can come back and start meeting and have walkthroughs and practice and be with the coaches was just amazing. But it was definitely a long time coming of just, you know, uncertainty and not knowing what's next. But, you know, now having the schedule um, – like signed, sealed, delivered, and we know who we're playing and when we're playing is amazing. So, I mean, guys are just ready to go. I think the coaches are ready to go. I think um, the fans are ready to watch, too. I think this is what, you know, we've been ready for and just been working for this whole off season of just, you know, whenever we get the call, we're ready to go. Colin, what, I know you're still really early in camp. You guys haven't even had the pads on barely a week yet. But characterize us to us if you can what's the team looking like how how you guys feeling after last year I know you've had a bunch of time to walk through and you've had plenty of time to do some stuff with practice but um what's this team looking like how 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 have you seen you yourself and and your defense and the team as a whole improve from last year yeah, I think as a defense as a whole, we did a good job of, you know, we weren't allowed to have pads or cleats or anything on like that for a long time. So we really wanted to dial up on our details and fundamentals. So I think a lot of people are able to fly around now, be faster, um, because we've had so much time just to see things and our keys and what we're supposed to do when this happens or when that happens. And truthfully, I think that it was a good thing. Um that we got this much time just to like be together as a whole, just of walking around and, you know, slowing everything down and, okay, this person has this job, that person has this job, so you got to do this. And then so now as you come back onto the field, guys are just flying around. Guys are just, you know, playing football now, not thinking a lot, just going because they've had so much time just to see how things could play out and walk through things. And truthfully, I think the offense is moving fast, faster than I've ever seen them move before as you know, they've had time to just do the same thing that the defense has been doing, walkthroughs and um, kind of slowing it down the process. So now they know what they got to do when they get here, when they get there. So offense is moving the ball pretty well. Their, their, you know, their tempo of I've never seen it as fast as it's going right now. Um, so I just think that this time, yeah, it was it was very uncertain times, and we wanted to play and we wanted to put the pads on, but. You know, at, in the time that we couldn't, we, we, we did a good job of, you know, um, taking things that were given to us. So I think offense and defense uh, paid off well of just walking through and going through the motions of when we do put the pads on, this is what you got to do at this time and this time. Colin, I'm not just saying this because you're here with us now, but your group, the middle backers, are one that I've got so much interest in this year, and a lot of people do. You lose a captain in Mo Berry, a guy who's been around a long time, and and you yourself, you know, just over a year now that you got moved from outside to inside. It's a really intriguing group. How would you characterize what the middle linebacker room has been like since Mo left and, and really kind of the new – um, new look, new personalities, new new unit, you know, there with the middle backers and how you guys are going to, you know, kind of come together this year. Yeah, I think um, Mo, Mo will definitely be missed, you know. His enthusiasm and love for the game is something that I think we all looked at and learned from him of just like, you know, how to get everyone going, how to pick everybody up when, you know, they may have some days where people don't want to come out. But he definitely taught us a lot about football and outside of football, what we need to do. So I think um, a lot of these guys now in this room is has their own type of skill 
skill set. You know, we have speed, we have hitters, we have you name it, checking the list, checking the boxes. And um, Coach Rude been in the league for numerous, numerous years, and he's a phenomenal coach of teaching technique and fundamentals. So when he, you're in the film room with him, you're constantly learning more and more every single day. So um, definitely going to miss Mo, but I think we had the skill set with the guys in our room to, you know, take the challenge that's given to us and run the defense. But I love every guy in this room that we have. Um, we're kind of the quarterbacks of the defense. We know it. Everybody on the defense knows it. we got to get everybody aligned, know the assignment. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, this this room is excited just to just to play football and just move around and hit some people. Let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of, of your group. And one thing I know about you watching you play, you know, since you're just an undersized freshman outside linebacker, it, it was clear that you had a high motor. It's clear that Will Honus has a high motor. From what we're hearing from Luke Reimer, he's, he's the same way. It seems like you guys all kind of have that characteristic. What is it about – that that you just can't really teach that kind of just in you you know when you're playing football that you can't really teach that that allows you guys to do certain things on the field that could help all the other you know I guess nine nine with two of you out there the other nine players on the defense to be successful yeah I definitely think you know this offseason we can't thank our strength coaches enough for you know the short amount of time that we had with them but just putting it in gear you know um, we've been hitting it hard in the weight room hitting it hard on the field um, I think that we're definitely faster and stronger more than we've ever been um, but yeah definitely I think the linebacker you're in the middle of the field you're always by the ball so you got to show your speed you got to show your athleticism and your physicality and I think truthfully we have a lot of guys with the skill set of just athleticism just to be to the ball every play and you know maybe a D lineman or an outside linebacker isn't in their gap or in their right fit but I think that we have the speed and the physicality to make them right um, you know we learned a lot from last year uh, watching a lot of film um, about our mistakes and about like our keys and assignments that we messed up on and I think that we did a good job of watching film together and studying film together of just figuring out, okay, this is what we need to fix and this is how we're going to fix it. So I think that, you know, the working out with the Duval and the rest of the strength coaches and just being with Rude and also watching last year's film and just being out there with the guys again on defense with the pads and just, you know, going against the offense, just being natural, being just showing our speech, showing our athleticism will be something that I think we'll bring to the table every day or every game. Colin, Colin Miller, Husker middle linebackers, our guest here on Sports Nightly. You, you lost a bunch of bodies in front of you and the layer in front of you on the D-line. How has this group looked to you? You mentioned getting everybody aligned and probably starts with those guys, those big, those big dudes up front. How, how are they looking? And I you know you've got some guys that are going to have to fill some roles and play a lot of snaps for you. How, how are those guys coming along? Yeah, those guys are coming along really well. Um, Coach Fiotti does a phenomenal job of teaching his – players the fundamentals of the game and the keys that they need to see where the back is how the line is everything like that um so i, I definitely think that this d-line lost some couple guys but i think that the younger guys took advantage of the guys that are in front of them carlos khalil uh darian all those guys that were there before these guys are here now they they did a good job of watching these guys how they prepare how they you know examine film how they go out and practice etiquette and everything like that. So I definitely think the D-line has a pretty good room. Um, ben Stilley's doing a good job of keeping those guys together, I could say. He he meets with them extra, extra every day. Um, 
Jordan Riley's doing really well. Damien's doing really well. DeAndre, I mean, I can't ask enough for those guys. Those guys, you know, they, they take the blows for the linebackers so we can read and just play football over them. But those guys, are they're, they're strong, they're physical. It gets, it gets hard in those trenches. But I definitely think those guys are holding their own, and they learned a lot from the people that were in front of them, and I'm excited to see them play this, this fall. Colin, I'll let you go with this. Um, appreciate the time. But when, when you look back to last year and you're watching the film, I know you noticed the same thing that I noticed when I go back and watch the games, even go back to the year before that. This team has lost so many close games in the last two years, and they've lost, you guys have been in, in situations to win so many times. And a lot of times in football, it doesn't seem like it, but, you know, in four or five games, it can come down to literally four or five plays. You know, two or three plays per game can, can determine – a win or a loss when you go back and watch some of those games that we've gotten so close to beating some really good teams what stands out about just knowing you know every time that that ball snapped it can it can that one play can determine the outcome of a game and what you guys has to have to do I guess in your case as a defense to make sure that when it comes time to make those plays that you know the Huskers are the ones making those plays and you know winning those close games yeah definitely you know Looking back on the season, I think everyone knows how many close games we kind of like lost or were up in the air to like the last two minutes of the game. Um, so I think just knowing that we've been in those situations and knowing that how, like you said, how easy it is just to like lose a game simply if someone's not in their gap, just like that, and someone breaks a 60-yard touchdown and the game's out of our hands now. But definitely think just watching film from last year um, – learning the game you know how much time's left what are they are they shooting for the sticks are they trying to draw us off sides are they trying to just just learning the game more i think everyone is trying to come accustomed to but also just um kind of fatigue i feel like towards the end of the games you could look at colorado and whatnot we were fatigued going up there to colorado um but i just think that you know, our conditioning, you know, we're kind of hitting it hard of staying in shape, being in shape, ready to go. So when it gets close to those crunch time plays that, you know, everyone is tired, but you don't even know that we're tired. So trying to make play 68 look like play four is what we're really trying to do. Um, so just no one can know that we're tired. Um, just when you are tired, just knowing your job, knowing your responsibility, doing your job, um, staying in your gap, um, and just making sure that we get the game closed and go home with a win. Great, well, well said. Colin Miller, Husker middle linebacker, our guest here on Sports Night. Hey, Colin, it's great to hear from you, from you, man. Great to hear that practice is going well. You got the pads on, doing a little hitting. That's awesome. I can speak for Husker fans, talking to them every day for the last six months on this show. I know they're hungry to watch you guys play. I know you guys are hungry to get out there on the field. Can't wait to see you out there in Columbus against the Buckeyes. Thanks so much for the time, man. Have a great rest of camp. I hey, appreciate it. Thanks to Ben, to Austin, to Mick, and to all of you for spending some time with us here tonight. Back tomorrow night with another three hours of Sports Nightly. Good night.